It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, January 4th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that thinks facing the Columbus Blue Jackets could be just the ticket to turning things around. But what if it isn't? Well, we will get into the hows and whys of that, plus check in with Matt Bay mitchkoff and discuss an interesting uh, move at the Phantoms level all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We are over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, the Flyers are indeed back home. It was a travel day, so a little quiet out of Flyers land. But I think that, you know, looking at this game tonight against Columbus, this absolutely like has to be the game where the Flyers get back on track. It's not like it should be or could be. They they really have to at this yeah, point. I, I think they have to, but, you know, again, sometimes you don't know what happens. You're off the road. You're at home. You maybe exhale for a minute. You They are struggling more at home. They're on the road. You know, sometimes these things come into play. And so it's hard to say. I You know, I don't have an easy prediction of what's going to happen this game, because I also think there are going to be lineup changes. So I think that's going to be a part of it, too. That's something we talked about in our last episode when we were kind of recapping that game against Edmonton, that they did choose to do that 11-7. And we're still like not quite sure what the lineup is going to look like tonight, like if they're going to use 11-7 again, if they're going to make a call up from Lehigh Valley, you know, as of recording here. Um, you know, to send Rhett Gardner back down and maybe get somebody that they're willing to play in the lineup here. Um, There's just so many options that the Flyers could go with. Um, Not really sure (laughs) what direction they will ultimately choose. No, I mean, we we don't know. I'm sure they're not going to play 11-7. I'm going to guess that part. But the rest, I don't know. I don't know if Delorier gets back in. I don't know if Stahl stays in. Maybe because he scored a goal, he'll stay in. I don't know. Uh, Zamula certainly should never come out. He looked great last game, even though it wasn't a great game. He looked good. You easily could take, you know, Forrester out if you want to, but I think he's doing other things. So do I think they're bringing up anybody to Lehigh and putting him in? Probably not. I'll say that much. Yeah, it is uh, interesting because, you know, we'll talk about this later in the show, but Lehigh did make a move to try and ostensibly open up their lineup a little bit. Uh, But uh, I still think there's room to call somebody up here. 
and and try and just get them in a game and see if it sticks. I just don't think there's anything to lose uh, with potentially making that move. No, I don't think there's anything to lose. But again, I don't know what the mindset is right now. You know, if I'm going to guess, the coach is going to be kind of like in the mode where, yeah, we, you know, we're falling out of the playoff race. I have to keep us in the playoff race. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the way he he's going to react in his mind. So, you know, based on that, I think, again, last game, like he gave Cam Atkinson way too many minutes, but I think he did that on purpose. And I know people did catch on to it online. There were some people that were like, yeah, doesn't mean it's going to make him score more. And it's true. It doesn't. That's what they used to do in the right. old days. It's not necessarily the right thing to do either, but that's his way. So I could see Cam Atkinson out of the lineup, but I don't know that that's going to happen yet. I, but it's something I, I'm sort of guessing might happen. Yeah, I think that's something to also consider. Meanwhile, Columbus is also, uh, I think, in not great <laughs> a situation here. Um, you know, obviously much worse off than the Flyers right now. They are in last place in the Metro, three, four, and three in their last 10. Um, and really just, you know, even without all the injuries, we're not playing that great, but now have a million injuries on top of all that. Yeah, uh, there's some definite changes to um, what they had last time, but, you know, I think there are some pluses too. Uh, as far as where they're playing guys, I think they've figured out like their top pairing. Um, that I think, I mean, because Warinsky's out, like they don't have a choice, right? So I think that's at least something where if they lost Warinsky like the day before, it would be more chaos. They've had a chance to go with like Provorov Severson, and that's a pretty good pairing. So I think even though that's not ideal for them, uh, it's something they can get with. I think when you look at the regular lineup, uh, the thing that's glaring to me is you have, you know, Roslovic is on the fourth line. Like that's, you know, that's a shame. He's a local guy. He does have some talent, but I think he skipped too many steps in his career. So I think he's never really had a chance to develop correctly. I would be worried about that third line with, with Johnson, Sillinger, and Ben Trump. That's a worrisome yeah. line. And Marchenko not that long ago, had three or four goals in the game. So you are going to have to basically keep the puck away from him. And I think that's similar to trying to keep the puck away from like a dry sidle. Like these guys always seem to have the puck. So I think that's a big challenge for them. Yeah. And, um, you know, in addition to Zach Wierenski, who's been out several games, um, Sean Corrali is out and on their IR. Yeah. 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 And, you know, on IR, so we've known they, they were going to be out for a while. Boone Jenner's still on IR. Patrick Line is still on IR. Uh, Boquist is still on IR, as is Nick Blankenberg. And so this is like a much different lineup than I think Columbus would have liked to be icing. Um, even to your point, with some of, the, some of the guys in there are solid, it's just different, I think, than the plan that was in place for Columbus. I think when Goudreau comes into town, he generally does well. So now with Fantilli with him and Fantilli's got double digit goals on the year, that's, you know, that's something you have to watch out for. I think that's a big deal. And I think actually, I think they have a pretty, uh, pretty good fourth line. So I think whoever the Flyers put on their fourth line are going to have their hands. Well, I think they actually have better players than what their record is. 
I think yeah. some of their problems have been injuries and goaltending. I think goaltending has not been what they would want it to be. So, yeah, I look at it and I say there is some speed there. There is some size and skill there. I think uh, the Flyers will ice a similar lineup. But, again, I think part of this is going to be the mental game. Right. And I think that's where Columbus has had a lot of difficulties as well. I think yeah. their mental game has just not been there and holding on to leads for them is difficult. There was that big game uh, mid-December against Toronto where they had a five goal lead heading into the third period. Toronto ties it up and then Columbus winds up winning it in overtime. But that was not an ideal situation no. for Columbus. No, um, and that's that's when Patrick Laine was hurt in that game. So it's yes. just bad all around for Columbus. I mean, you could make an argument that they're partly better without Laine because if Laine's struggling, then it's kind of like Cam Atkinson struggling. Like it's a scorer that can't score. They don't generally do a lot else, and so then that's you know that's an issue. So I'm not going to tell you they're hurting because of Laine because I don't think they're really hurting. Right. Right. Um, Martin played in net in their last game, which was a loss to the Bruins. So we could be seeing Merzlikens in yeah. this one. Who could have a really good game? Uh, there's no doubt. I'll tell you who's picked it up is Yegor Chinnikov. Chinnikov's another one of their fast Russians. Uh, good size, can be a goal scorer. He's He's got double-digit goals now. So that's somebody where I would say, yeah, you gotta you got to know where he is on the ice. Looking at Columbus uh, statistically, uh, interesting, since December 1st, Columbus is sixth in the NHL on their power play, yeah. uh, which is at 25%. So the Flyers PK is going to have to work hard. I think they can be a little riskier against this team than they could be against Edmonton, let's say. But uh, I think that still they're going to have to be careful because Columbus actually does have a solid power play uh it, it's their penalty kill that's dreadful it's the second worst in the nhl so you know, that flyers power play really has an opportunity here i feel like it's a broken record but i you know you gotta say it well i you know i saw somebody trumpeted in the uh in the remarks in the comments from last show like i said no power play no playoffs and it's true nothing will sink you quicker than that and you know again uh, I feel bad for the guys on the broadcast because they kind of have to act like it's going to come out of the doldrums any minute where it's now on historically bad pace. Yeah, uh, I think that um, the other thing that the Flyers need to pay attention to here is that the, their shooting percentage is dropping and it wasn't great to begin with, um, but it's no. certainly not good. But Columbus is... Do you think anybody's putting their names on the dry erase board for... For extra shooting practice, it doesn't seem like it. Guys are missing like a lot. Well, Columbus is at 10.5% right now, which is higher than the Flyers. Um, yeah. And Columbus is actually over three goals per game or goals per 60 right now. And the Flyers have dropped below three goals per 60 statistically. So, again, these are just little warning signs that yeah. are coming up that the Flyers need to get on the right side of these numbers. And, you know, I think that there are reasons to think that they can win against Columbus and the numbers suggest that they can. Doubt, but I, but I agree with you. I think the check engine light is on right now for this team. I think there's no question about that. 
Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can uh, right the ship and get those numbers back up to where they should be. Uh, the Flyers are playing the Columbus Blue Jackets at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can catch every second of the Flyers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. Uh, in the meantime, Matt Va- Mitchkoff is back in action, and we are going to talk about him coming up next. It is almost halfway uh, in the season, Flyers fans, and regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. It's our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. You can also play Daily Fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. All you have to do is pick whether superstars like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews, or whoever you want, plus new guys like Connor Bedard. Uh, will they record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game? To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code Locked On NHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. On tomorrow's show, we are going to recap the aforementioned game against Columbus. We're going to look ahead to the rematch against Calgary and so much more. Russ, uh, Matvey Mitchkoff uh, was out for a significant period of time in the KHL. Um, December 1st was his last game that he was diagnosed with pneumonia and came back for Sochi on December 28th. And um, that is a long time to be out. And especially with an illness like pneumonia, which, you know, obviously affects your lung capacity and your fitness and your stamina. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's something that I remember seeing and was kind of keeping an eye on. And so, yeah. It's going to affect, you know, this year, the numbers for him. You just want him getting back, playing, doing his normal routine, and that's fine. I'm, I'm not so concerned about the numbers. Uh, he'll get what he's going to get. It's not like he's coming over this year, so it doesn't – that part doesn't matter to me as much. Right. And so before uh, leaving action with pneumonia, he had 26 points in 29 games, which was real good. And he was on a tremendous pace. Um, So grinding to a halt, he comes back in. um, He's played two games since coming back and he has a goal and an assist. He scored a goal in his first game back um, and then tallied that assist in the second game. Both games, though, were losses for Sochi. Yeah, I mean, they're not a good team, right? So that's that's going to be a part of it. Like, you have to balance this out. Would you rather him be on the main club, which is a much better team, but not playing as much or playing a ton on the lousier team? And so right now, I think it's okay to be on the lousier team. Yeah, I mean, Sochi is worst in their division in the KHL. Uh, they're only 11-27. and 27 negative 61 goal differential in 47 games like that's brutal that seems bad yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) like to overstate the obvious there Um, 
you know, I think beforehand, um, and now that he's back, people are, I, th I think, getting a little ahead of themselves, maybe, um, in terms of point productions and, yes. and what he's looking like. I think you need more than a, a game or two to really see how he's doing uh, back in action and see what more of a grind looks like for him. Yeah, you need to see like 10 games. Yeah, so um, there is this record kind of hanging out there of the KHL, you know, under 20 scoring record, which uh, Kirill Kaprizov has at the moment. Um, he had 42 points in 49 games. Um, you know, I think that Mitchkov has more potential games total to do it in. So right. I don't know if it's like apples and pears here, but yeah. I think, I, I think that. You got to pump the brakes a little bit on that. You do it. But hey, if you break it, you break it. It doesn't matter. But it's not going to yeah. matter in the sense. I, I get it. Like a fan's going to want to say, hey, look, he's as good as Kaprizov. And he may be. You know, yeah. that is you know that is a good line. I think it's somewhere, you know, around Kaprizov, around Tavares. It's going to be somewhere probably in the middle of that. So I, I think it's okay to, to sort of mimic what Kaprizov has done. But then. Listen, don't put the pressure on him to come in that first year and do what um, Kaprizov did, too, because it, it may not happen on that grand a scale. Yeah. And, you know, you look at his scoring rate per game, which is, I think, a better way to look at it, given all the time he was out. Um, he's 16th in the KHL in points per game, which th that is really good no, for good. someone that no, no. young in that league. That's something to, to, to say, hey, that's. That's good production. We know he gets a lot of minutes. We know he gets a lot of power play time. So those are positive. Yeah. So I think that, you know, expectations for him obviously are very high. They're very high for the Flyers organization. They're high for Sochi. But I just want to make sure that we understand that this is his first year out and that this is a process. And we know he's going to be there for at least three years. So like, let's look at the bigger picture here with him. And right. like, it's fun to watch the highlights. Like, I don't want to take that away from anybody because he does make some incredible moves. He tried a Michigan goal uh, that that didn't yeah. go. But like, let's just, you know, enjoy those moments without like getting too hyped up either way, like good or bad. No, I get it. I mean, look, the way you get these players is through the draft. And they did. Uh, you could look at, you know, Edmonton with Dreisaitl and McDavid. You could look at Colorado with McKinnon and Rantanen and, and and then McCarr. And then when you look at the Flyers, it's like, okay, if you want to count Goche in there, I'll give it to you right now. I don't think he's at the Rantanen level, but I'll give it to you now. But you still need somebody else. And that's part of this rebuild here is that you don't have enough of that yet. And and that's the problem, and that's what why you are in the position you're in, and that's what you're looking for. So that has to get solved. Will it get solved in this year's draft? We don't know. It depends where they end up picking. If they pick a lot lower than they thought they would, it may not. So that's these are the things that that's why you afford yourself the time to rebuild because you don't know how long it's going to take to get that new core. Because again, in three years, we don't know what a lot of where a lot of these guys are going to be that are on this year's team. Yeah, I think that, you know, to your point about trying to compliment guys like Cutter Gautier and Matt Vaymichkov, um, that I don't think, even if the Flyers do have those two first round picks, I don't think you get as risky with the second pick. I think you get 
you're, you play it a little bit more conservative because you do need these extra people. And you look at what kind mm -hmm. of player Mitchkoff is and say, who do we want next to him? Right. And, you know, if there's somebody out there that you think would be good next to him in the draft, you take like take him. you know, yeah, like as an example, I could tell you already looking over the draft, getting close to a list in the first 10. If you're not picking, you're not getting a franchise center or anything like that at center this year. So based on the fact that Goche could be a center, we don't know. Uh, I don't think Mitch Cuff will be, but they may flirt around with that. You're not getting a, that center that you want in this draft, most likely. 90% not going to happen. So then you right. do have to look at what you're saying. And then the next strength of this draft is defense. Now, defense, if you're drafting like at 10, 11, 12, you'll get somebody really, really good. You may not get a top-pairing guy, but you're going to get a second-pairing guy. So if you look at that, then I'm with you in the sense that you don't want to take too big a swing that it's going to be like home run. Hey, this guy, if he plays with Mitchkoff, this could be the best duo in the league. No, you need someone steady that actually maybe is the kind of player like a Zach Hyman type where he does the work but also gets points. Like that's, you know, if you're envisioning this top line with yeah. you know, either Mitchkoff or Goche at center, you need somebody else to do the hard work. Yeah, and Zach Hyman is the perfect example of like what we're yeah. talking about here yeah. um, along those lines. So, yeah, but I think in the meantime, let's have fun watching Mitchkoff from afar. Yeah, sure. And uh, he'd be in the World Juniors if they had, you know, if Russia was allowed. So that's, you know, that I get it. If that was going on, it would be even more fun. So, yeah, you got to, you know, take your views where you can get them. Absolutely. All right. Well, We've been talking about the Phantoms and what they need to do to improve to help support this organization as a whole. They made an interesting move, uh, sending Alexi Gendron back to the queue. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. The NFL regular season's wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explorer tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. You know, I, I know I've been touting the Patriots here. You certainly could go with the over again in the, uh, in the Eagles' final game against the Giants. So that's another uh, possibility. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel over on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus all our national shows covering every league, like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Russ, so we heard that the Phantoms were sending Alexi Gendron back to the queue. And uh, there was an interesting little twist around it uh, because his rights were traded from Gatineau, where he wound up last season, uh, to Drummondville. And Gatineau uh, are in last place in the West, and Drummondville is in second so I think that was sort of a requirement in place for the Flyers organization to make this move, because if they're sending him back to the queue, it 
They want to put him in a position where he can be successful and he's on a strong team that could go far into the playoffs and potentially hit Memorial Cup time. Uh, but I do think that there's a little bit of an alarm bell with this move. Yeah, I mean, the alarm bell is uh, they asked him to score goals and yet they were only playing him a little over 10 minutes a night and he only got into 17 games. So if you're playing over a little over 10 minutes, you're only getting into 17 games. And he scored recently. Again, I tell you, it's really hard to score from the bench. It just is. And so, like, that message is the one that I didn't like a few weeks ago, if you remember, because I've seen this before. I've seen this script before. I like the fact, look, that he's going to have a chance to compete in the queue and all that. But let's face it, he's kind of mastered the queue to some degree. I mean, he had 19 points in the playoffs last year. So is this the best thing for him? I don't know. This is one of those cases where even though he's 20 and he's in the AHL, I can make you an argument that the full AHL season might progress him more to becoming closer to becoming an NHLer than this. All this does is solve a problem that they had at the beginning of the year where we said it was too crowded. That's, you know, the big difference here is that the Phantoms are crowded. And, you know, they there was a need to solve this problem. I just don't know that this was the right solution. Right. Like, I got to say... I do think that Gendron is past his time in the queue. I think, especially given the way that league is right now, it's that it's become to score in. Let's face it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's an easy league to score in. It's become less and less reliable as a predictor of NHL success yep. moving forward. He spent four years in this league already. Like, what else could he potentially do other than get? the playing time that he's not getting with the Phantoms. Right. But to your point, why isn't he getting, you know, right. the playing time? And I don't think like seven points is anything to sneeze That's at. terrible, no. No, seven points in 17 games for your first year in the AHL. Considering that the ice time isn't there. Yeah, and he's a seventh round draft pick right. from the queue. Like, it's not like we have Elliot Denoyer expectations on him. No. Right. And so this is a, a, a kid where like progression is the name of the game and learning is the name and of the game. Spent a full season there this year, a full season there next year. And maybe by year three, he's ready now. I don't know if he's ready by then. It just does not make sense to me. And we don't have any like real information as to no. why this decision was made as of now. But I, I definitely want to hear from Lappy on this. I want to hear from Alan McCauley. But he's probably not going to say anything, honestly. Yeah, it's just like, it does not make sense to me whatsoever. And I think that I want to see what the fandom's lineup looks like over the next couple of games. You know, we've only got two this week to see like, okay, well then what's the strategy here? We've already talked about the fact that we need to switch things up, but how does not having Gendron in the lineup help at this point? Yeah, I mean, again, I... I'm a little surprised, and at least they found him a, excuse me, a good team. But beyond that, I still don't know if it's the right thing. It's not going to hurt him, but I just right. don't know if he wouldn't be more helped being in the AHL right now, especially if they yeah. go on a playoff run. That AHL playoff run would be more valuable than the Q playoff run. I agree. So I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get a, a little bit better of an explanation and you know see where this takes the phantoms in terms of what their strategy is moving forward. 
Uh, in the meantime, uh, one small bit of World Juniors news. Um, we already knew that next year's tournament is going to be in Ottawa, in Ontario, but they yeah. just announced where the following years will be. We already knew it was going to be in the U.S. somewhere, but uh, they confirmed it'll be in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, I thought it was going to be in Vegas. I thought Vegas had a good shot. I'll go to Mi Minneapolis for sure. Um, but I was kind of hoping Vegas. It would have been more fun. Yeah, I personally do not enjoy visiting Vegas. So I think, like, for me, Minneapolis sounds like a better option. If nothing else, when I get out of the rink, it'd be warm out, right? So, I mean, that would be fun. I get out I know, of the rink in Minnesota. It gets pretty cold every... at night in Vegas in the winter. Yes, at night. Sure. I, you know, I get it. I, I get what you're But I can walk out of the building, and at least it might be warm. In Minneapolis, there's no chance. And I can't watch lawn bowling in the winter, and that's that's a big sport in Minneapolis. And, and, um, minnesota yeah all right it's a summer sport that will do it for today's show thanks so much for listening as a reminder we always want to hear from you send in those mailbag questions via twitter at lockdown flyers you can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or comment over on youtube of course the flyers are playing the columbus blue jackets tonight at 7 p.m eastern you can catch every second of the flyers hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the SXM app, search for Flyers. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.